0: Praise God for each and every one of you that have uh, joined in with this with living the word with Pastor Clay. We praise God that you're here and our endeavor in our lesson tonight or our Bible study is not just coming together for Bible study, but to actually apply the living word to our life. So you'll be seeing us or hearing us talk about living the word so um, welcome tonight with living the word with pastor clay let's have a word of prayer before we begin our lesson on tonight Lord in Jesus name we love you we thank you for your grace for your mercy your love and your kindness for all that you've done and what you're going to do let the peace of God that surpasses all of understanding guard our heart and mind through Christ Jesus God, whatever the task is, whatever the problem is tonight, we know, God, that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think, because it's a power that works within us. God, give us understanding of your word and let your word go out and deliver and set free those that are, are bound and those who are being attacked by the enemy. David said it so clearly. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So God, will you do that tonight? Use me as a conduit for your word to flow freely through me to reach your people. And I thank you in advance for victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Lord bless you. And may God smile upon you. My brothers and sisters, get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. And turn with me to... um, Psalms, Psalms, Psalms 8, the 8th division of Psalms, turn with me to that, all right? And let's look at verses 1. I, I, well, I, I want you, uh, let's look at verse 3, Psalms 8, start at verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou, in verse 6, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Um, Tonight's lesson I want to talk about tonight is knowing the purpose of your life. Let's talk about, let's, let's talk about knowing the purpose of your life. Would you add Ecclesiastics chapter 12, verses 1 through 14? Add that to your Bible study. And um, I want you to look at Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. And also Psalms 40 division and verse 12. We're going to look at some of these scriptures tonight, but I want to deal with knowing the purpose of your life. My brothers and sisters, there's so many, so many books and so many authors that are out there. Um, I know um, first one that comes to my mind is uh, Rick Warren, The Purpose driven church, and then there's books about the the purpose of our life, what are the purposes of our life. Um, When we look at um, the word heart, you know, some people will say, well, I have a heart, my heart's desire is to do such and such a thing. Um, When you know your purpose in life, My brothers and sisters, what a rewarding experience it is to know your purpose in life. And simply the word purpose means the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The purpose. When you have a passion for something, you have a heart. Passion means heart. When you have a passion for something, you have a heart for something. And one one of the ills of mankind is living in this world and not realizing our purpose. What is our purpose? That's going to bring us over to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Now, we're, we're going to work with that um, as, as time goes on, and we're going to work with that. But um, we want to look at, t- turn with me real quick, turn with me. Get your Bibles. Go, go to um, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And I think I want verse 27. First Corinthians chapter 12. and I want verse 27. First Corinthians chapter 12. and verse 27. And it says, "Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular." You're the body, you are the members in particular. Um, You're the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Do you not know that, and it's not rocket science to figure this out? And what I'm about to say, it, it really expresses in the most grandest form on the widest spectrum while all of the ills of the world that we're looking at the plagues and the look at the mentality of man, whether it's male or female, why? Why is so much evil in the world? Why is so much destruction? Why, why does mankind have the, the now the, um, I don't say the ability, but look like, then the Bible says evil men will get worse and worse because we are living in, we live in a fallen world and since we live in a fallen world, we have a fallen nature. But in Christ, we can now be a new creature. We live in a fallen world with a fallen nature. Our nature has fallen in this fallen world, so it's it's not it's not such a new thing to see all the evil that is plaguing our societies, plaguing our in the school system, on our uh, uh, neighborhood, in our neighborhood streets. Um, in political arenas we are in my brothers and sisters we are in a fallen world with a fallen nature but it still does not take away what god has designed mankind to do so when when we look at psalms and the questions is well psalms what 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 is man what 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 is man That thou art mindful of him. That's the question. What is man? That God you are so mindful of him. Now, if you go back to the uh, Old Testament, you go back to Genesis. when, When God created the heavens and the earth. Do you recall through the scriptures how that God gave man dominion over everything? God gave man to dominate over everything that God has created. God gave man the ability to even name even all the animals. In other words, God set man in his rightful place and with man in the garden when man was deceived, Eve was deceived, Eve, Satan the serpent deceived Eve caused mankind to fall that brought in the nature of man, the world in a fallen state and now nature. Now, I I, I was looking through the text and I want to bring into view seven ways that God visits us. There are seven ways that God visits us. Now, that being said, since... We want to find out or talk about knowing the purpose of our life. I'm going to show you that God, first of all, visits us. God is in communication with us. No person, male or female, can say that God is not in tune with what is going on with the world and mankind. So let's see here. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 through 14, you will find how God comes to us. Isaiah chapter 48, you'll find how God sent Christ visiting us, creating, setting up the church as we know it. St. John chapter 16 verse 7. Now all of these will build up to where when we go to the book of Ecclesiastics and we do some more study, it'll all make sense. We're just connecting the dots. In John, St. John chapter 16 verse 7, God sends the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 3 and verse 21, Hebrews 1 and 1, God sends the prophets. Daniel chapter 2 and 28, God gives man the ability to have dreams and see visions. We also know it in Joel 2 and 28. And you find in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 by his word seven ways that God visits mankind so God gives man dominion Psalms 8 and 8 so God is actively involved with us so Watch this, my brothers. Well, praise God. Watch this. Men, men are created by God to dream dreams. Joel 2 and 28. Then God has created us to be hunters, gatherers, adventurers. huh? Genesis chapter 10 and verse 9 and it should be, my brothers and sisters it should be the desire of every man, male man every male to be a hero in the lives of his family that should be a desire and why did I just stop and, and I, I didn't bring the sisters in yet we'll, we'll, we'll get there but because God gave the headship to the male, so we should be wanting to be heroes for our families. And not only that, but have that earnest desire to have a relationship with God that is second to none. My brothers and sisters, God does not want to be in second place with anybody, huh? So we, knowing the purpose of our life will give us tremendous breakthroughs in every area that our feet may go. Somebody should have put a praise on that and praise God for that. Yes, yes. Well, let's see here. Go with me back to Psalms chapter 8. If you look at verse 4, question is, what is man that you are mindful mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? So we have an identity. Our identity is Who God created you to be. What did God create us to be? Warriors. Gatherers. Lovers of our families. All of these are worthy causes. And not only that, but look at life like an eagle. Think of soaring. Think of. Of, of 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 the strength and the power that our ego has. My brothers and sisters, not only that, but have the ability in our everyday life to please God. Huh? So, knowing the purpose of our life. God made you and made us a little lower than the angels. Crown with glory. Our purpose, what God created us to do. Our purpose, my brothers and sisters, is to do something with our life. Do something with your life. Let me me do better than that. Do a God thing with your life. Write that down someplace. Do a God thing with your life. Cause that's really the whole reason why we really exist. And the reason why we really exist and how God made us really shows the mission for our life and our calling. So let's see here. Look at some of the questions that can come out. Why do, why do I exist? Why am I, why am I here? And then what's the function in my life? Look at the question that all of us ask, what does God want me to do with my life long term? What is it that God wants me to do? So when we look at life, it brings us into, praise God, the framework that we have with the book of Ecclesiastes. Can you, can you help me? Go, go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. I want you to look at chapter 12 of the book of Ecclesiastes. When you have it, say amen. Have you ever been in a place, had that time in your life that you're wondering, why am I here? Have you ever been in a situation to where life just drops a bombshell on you? And uh, your life just seems so disrupted. And let me ask, what or why am I here? My brothers and sisters, there are so many different slangs and, and that will I would say, describe a person. One of the main words that are used today is you're stuck. You're stuck. Sometimes people are stuck in days of old. Some, some people are stuck in how they dress. They're stuck. But it's not the purpose of God for us to be stuck in any place or doing anything do you not know that god does not watch me now praise jesus god does not even want us to be stuck in a place in him why because god is progressive god is constantly moving and to be stuck means that there's no progress you're not moving The God that we serve, my brothers and sisters, he's constantly moving. Things are moving and happening even as I speak tonight. And so God does not want you to be stuck in any place. But he wants you to know your purpose. You have a purpose-driven life. And it it doesn't matter what history has said. Or what has been spoken over your life negatively, huh? God got some great things for you. Now let's 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 look at Ecclesiastes, okay? And the writer begins with the word "remember." Now, in this in this form in the book of Ecclesiastes. It really starts us off as we're young, both natural. Then let's go to the spiritual side. It says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Huh? What comes with youth? What, What comes with the days of youth? Excitement. We're we're excited about being young. We're we're excited about our youthfulness. We're we're, we're so excited. And and the writer says, Remember now the creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. We're going to come to that 1B. But let's, let's stay with 1A first. The excitement that we have That a a young person has. The the energy. uh, the, the, The way that that young person thinks. Don't forget God when you get old. Now. In Christ. In God. My brothers and sisters. There is. An excitement in God. Huh? Oh yes there is. There is an excitement about God. Every day that we live, do you not know that, and I don't know, well, I guess I need to mess with somebody, but God forbid that you have a boring life in Christ. Because I'm going to serve notice on you, there is nothing stale or boring in Christ. What is happening is you really don't know your purpose for your life, and the enemy wants to keep you blinded and keep that thing veiled from you that you really don't know that you have the ability to have a breakthrough moment at any time, and not only that, but you have the power. You've heard me say this for a long time, you that follow us. You have the power to change the atmosphere where you're at. When you come into a place, when you come around, uh, uh, come in any setting, my brothers and sisters, there should be an excitement when you come into the room. Huh? Folk ought to take notice that you're in the house. Well, praise Jesus. What does that mean? Is, 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 is it all about you and how you look? It's about who you are it's knowing your purpose my god and when you realize that when you come to a place and if the enemy is there which he's going to be there you're going to your 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 senses are are going to be so keen and focusing on that you're going to change the environment in somebody's life you're going to come around people that need to hear word that need to be encouraged And you are there at the right place at the right time because you know your purpose is to change lives and be a light unto a dark world. Somebody put a praise on it right there. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I wish somebody would say, it's on now because I'm in the room. (laughs) Now put a praise on that somebody. Hallelujah. I'm here. I know my purpose. I know the purpose of my life. So the writer says, listen here, remember, don't, don't, don't forget when you get old. huh? Because the years are going to come and they're going to come, praise God. And a uh, lot of times, time, society, the ills of the world can wear on you so bad and so much that you really don't find pleasure in life. Huh? You're not excited anymore. But I heard the word said that God's mercies have been renewed each and every morning. Huh? Do you not know that God has something planned for us? If we don't see tomorrow, to God be the glory. Why? To live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's a win win situation. Now, if we live to see tomorrow, just think. If you understand about the power that works in you, that is working in you, just look at what can happen on tomorrow. Huh? It's all about our purpose. Is all about life changing, huh? We are listening since, since the enemy is like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Do you not know that the conversation that, 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 that came uh, with God and Satan pertaining to God's servant Job? Job never did ask for what? He was about to go through. He didn't, you know, some, you know, have you ever heard some people, you know, wanting, I need a testimony. Well, this is what I tell people, listen here. I know who God is. And, and really, I don't really need a testimony because I already know what God's able to do, what He's already has done. Some people are looking for a testimony and looking for that test. Now, since God created man, Go back to Psalms chapter 8. What is man that are so mindful of him? Mean, a little lower than the angels. Look what God did for man. Go, go 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 back with me. Turn turn to the book of Genesis. Alright? If you, if you go back to creation, huh? And if you look at what God did, I don't want to spend too much time in it, um, but when He made man, and the creation of man, which is Genesis chapter two, and you look at verse seven and and whatnot in verse nine, but um, I want to focus in on verse fifteen. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Do you have it? Say amen. All right. And the Lord God took the man, right? And the Lord God took the man, is that right? And put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it God made man now if you look at the text he didn't make him in the garden he didn't make him there but when he made man God took him from the place of his cradle and then placed him where he wanted him to be now listen. When you know your purpose, where you, wherever your cradle was, God will take you out of your cradle and place you where He wants you to be. And sometimes you're wondering, Lord, why am I here? God does that quite often. He'll take you out of your cradle, the place where you received him and he'll place you where he wants you to be now when he places you there he puts you in a active position help me say active Active. position well what's the active position he puts him into the garden of eden to do what dress it to tend to it huh to cultivate it, my brothers and sisters, when you know your purpose, God has placed you in places to cultivate, to tend, to work that thing. I wish that somebody said, "I work that thing." <laughs> oh, God has placed you to work, huh? God has placed you to where you are a change agent. You are placed, put in places. To change things, to keep things, what? To make things grow. What, listen, look, look at chapter 2 and verse 10. It says to dress it and to keep it. Huh? In other words, make things happen. Adam was placed in the garden to make things happen. He was not just there to uh, smell the roses. He was there to help make the roses give off its smell. Huh? Well, praise God. Not just to look, but were active in kingdom work. Adam was active in the garden. Is that right? Now, it says he formed everything. Jump down to verse 19. He formed everything, right? And so, the father, the heir, everything, God, and, and, and God brought everything. And look at verse 19. I'll, I'll just read it. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, right? A lot of times when we think we look at Adam being made, but we, we kind of skip over verse 19 god also formed what out of the ground every beast the beasts were made from the ground god formed the beast from the ground right he formed every bird that flies out of the ground and what did he do he brought them unto adam right and the bible says and to see what he would call them. Put a pin in that one. God will give you things, to give you opportunities just to see what you're going to do with it. Some of us, um, if you're not sold out to God, God will give you a chance to do something. And a lot of us will mess it up. God, God has given you some things to see what you would do with it. You messed it up. The Bible said God... Brought everything to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever that Adam called them, that was their name. So if you look at verse 19, man has the ability, praise God, man has the ability to make things happen and that settles it. In other words, God will be pleased with us when we're placed in that position. Know who you are, know what you're about, and do the right things by God. Help me say, do the right things by God. Do the right thing. thing. Now, so Adam calls everything. You know the scripture. Now, if you keep looking in that same chapter, verse 21 steps up and 20b says but for Adam there was not found any help for Adam. Now God calls him to sleep and we know takes the um, God calls Adam to sleep takes um, the rib out, close up this flesh and what not. He makes woman from man. So She was not made. Eve was not made from the dust of the earth. Eve was made out of Adam. Now, when you go and look at Joel 2 and 28, I had to bring that point in because now we're living in a day and time of society that there is a great divide amongst male and female. And uh, we would like to pick one over top of the other. But this is a uniqueness of God to where when you know who you are, when you know your purpose of your life, you're not intimidated by nobody. You don't even have to covet somebody else's anointing. When you really know who you are, my brothers and sisters, the best place, and the best the best life that you can live is knowing your purpose. When you know your purpose, that means you have a passion for what you do. And you don't have time to be consumed with what everybody else doing because you are living your life to the highest degree. And if you can receive that, come on, put a praise on it. If you're there right now, you can put a praise on it. Remember, praise God. Remember, I said earlier that things are messed up because we live in a fallen world with a fallen nature. Huh? And that's why things become difficult. Let me let me go further. Time does bring about a change. But there is. An interesting part of text of scripture that we have when you go to Ecclesiastics, and if you look at verse uh, eight, chapter twelve, and verse eight, verse eight says, "vanity of vanities," says the preacher. All is vanity. When you don't know your purpose of your life, everything is meaningless. That's what the preacher is saying. Every every day, your life becomes meaningless. Meaningless. You have no meaning to your life. You're just... Existing. You you keep you keep doing the same. In other words, let me say it like this: You drive the same way to work every day, just by blindfold. You can do it, but every now and then, it's good to take another way home. It's good to take another route, huh? Tonight it was interesting because I was going to. Um, a place, and I saw a sign that said, road closed, detour. And I didn't read the whole thing. I should have read where, what street was closed. I found out later that the street that I wanted to go was not closed. But I saw the sign that says detour, but I didn't read it completely. So what, I, what happened, I end up going another way and going to another route. I enjoyed the ride, I enjoyed it. It's like, man, this is pretty, this is nice. Because I'm used to going the same way all the time. And sometimes when you, when you are stuck like that, you do the same thing every day, the same thing, the same way. You don't change. You can do it with your eyes closed. It becomes a ritual. But because we serve God in the way that God has made man, God has taken us out of the place that we were made, and He's placed us in the place to produce. It will give you another look at life. When you don't know your purpose, amen, and you keep doing the same thing over and over again, things become, missing. when life becomes boring, we know the enemy is at work. Hmm? When you're doing the same thing and you can do it blindfolded, we know the enemy is at work. Huh? And so the other way I took, I started focusing on the beauty of God. Huh? And knowing, listen here, I am really blessed to have what I have. I have the ability now to be mobile enough. Nobody's. Nobody's caring for me, nobody's dry, I'm doing it and enjoying life so. And uh, the detour was just a way to show me a place that I enjoy. Now I got to my destination, and then on the way back, I went back the way that I normally would go, because it seemed it was a shorter cut, but it wasn't as pretty as the way that I took. What am I trying to say? God has some great things for us to do. And we are not reaching out. We're not stepping out on faith. Stepping out on the actions of God. Listen here, real real quick, go go with me to the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. And most of you know where I'm going to go with right? If you look at um, verse 27, actually, let's see here. Just for your research, look at 22, 23, and 24. Read them, but I want to jump at verse 25. Because in verse 25, you will find that God says, that I'm going to give you back what you've lost. What have you lost? The Lord said, I'm going to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Years, years now. The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm. Now, all of these are destructive insects that are destructive to the agriculture the part of the agriculture that man can live off of huh? these destructive agents and the Lord says I'm going to restore that now not only that God has a promise of restoration. My brothers and sisters, when you know, knowing the purpose of your life, now watch me now. There is not, can I go back to the list? There's not a locust, a canker worm, a caterpillar, a palmer worm, or any type of great army that can eat up anything that God can't restore in your life. That's the natural thing. Some things are spiritual, personal than spiritual. Some of these represent spiritual things, spiritual attacks of the enemy that come. But God promised to restore. When you know, when you know the purpose of your life, you don't have to worry about the destructive pattern of the enemy for you know that God is gonna restore somebody put a praise on it God is going to restore huh see when you know the purpose you know on whose you are and who you belong to and you can guarantee what the enemy meant for evil God, I wish I had somebody talk back to me. God would have turned that thing around for the good. Huh? Now, we know 2 and 28. So God promised to restore. Now, in restoration, huh? God also promises the power in the Holy Ghost. So he says in verse 28. Now this is all under that same chapter now. So that's why you have to read. You have to read. The fullness of God's word. Then you can live God's word. My brothers and sisters. It's not just a Bible study. It's living the word. Huh? In verse 28 it says. And it shall come to pass after that. I will pour out of my. Look at what God is doing so God is constantly adding on to us to our lives when you know your purpose of your life when you know what you are created for let me let me go back and and, and jump let me let's go back when you when you go back and and we'll come back to Joel when you go back to Ecclesiastes Chapter 12, and you look at verse um, 13, we said earlier you find that it would be 12 and 8, everything is meaningless when God is not in it, is meaningless. Your life has no meaning when God is not in it. Man was created to work for for God. Have you ever found any scripture where man was just created just to do nothing? Something something wrong with this picture. And how can you say you are saved and and you that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you don't know what to do, or you're stuck, you're not growing, spiritually, you're not maturing, spiritually, but you can see what everybody else don't have, but you can't see what you don't have. You can see the faults in everybody else, but you can't see the faults in you. Huh? Somewhere on that picture. So when you don't know your purpose, the enemy will use you so you can be a magnifying glass on everybody else's mistakes, but not on you. See, when you don't know your purpose, then nothing or you take it that somebody's always picking on you. Everybody's after you. There everybody is. Those in the faith family, they're after you. You don't know the purpose. And jealousy sets in because you see your brother and sister going forth in the spirit, growing spiritually, and you start hating on them. Why? You don't know your purpose. Huh? So, it's not scripturally. Well, I think I heard somebody say it. Times passed that an idol i understand an idle, idle mind at the devil's workshop. I haven't found a scripture for that one, but I understand the positioning of the scripture uh, of that thought. I understand the positioning of that thought when you don't have the mind of Christ, then what mind do you do have huh so he says. Everything is meaningless. Vanity is vanity. So he talks about in verse 13. That uh, in verse 13 you see, or verse 12 I should say. And further by these my son be admonished. Of making many books there is no end. And much study is a weariness to the flesh. There is not an end to books and writings. You can spend a lifetime in a library and still won't know God. You can spend a lifetime in the books and still have a meaningless life. So the preacher says, what's the conclusion? of your life. What, what, is, what is the whole matter of your life? What is the sole meaning of you being here on this earth? Fear God. And keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. The word duty means job. For what? Verse 14. For God shall bring... Every work into judgment. You know what that's saying? God is going to judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether it's good or bad. God's going to judge us. So my brothers and sisters, when you, knowing, when you know the purpose of your life, how dare us curse the world, curse the things that are happening around us. Our job is not to curse the world. Our job is to bring light unto the world. Our job is not to be so bent out of shape when people are not living up to the standard that God is required. But our job is to help, nurture, help bring out the best in everybody. My brothers and sisters, I'm asking you tonight, Praise God. In this session tonight of living the word, to start seeking God and search for your purpose in this life. A lot of us have been told our purpose through our pastors or through um, the written word, through prophets, and what we should be doing. And a lot of us are still not doing it. God told Adam, God took him out from where he was made from the incubator, took him out from that place and put him in the garden to work. Now, do you think that God has changed? God has not changed at all. He's yet taken us from one place and placed us to a place where we should be producing. Know your passion. The word passion means heart. And get in there and work until the day is done. My brothers and sisters, if you, you want to have some joy, unspeakable, and full of glory, work in the place that God has placed you. Activate the anointing that is on your life. There is an anointing on your life. And a lot of us are living beneath The places that God has placed us. You should be more fruitful. You should be better at what you're doing than what you are. Huh? What's the whole duty of man? What's what's my job? My job is to fear God and keep his commandment. Huh? Can you praise God for that one? Put a praise on it. If you look at quickly, and I got to close out, go with me to Psalms. And we were there one, let's visit. Um, actually, well, yeah, let, let, let's, let's visit the psalmist one more time. Psalms chapter 40. When you have it, say amen. Now, I, I, I want to bring because the, um, it's, it's twofold, it's dual. When you'll find in verse 7, Psalms 40 and 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do thy will. Oh my God, yes. Thy law is within my heart. In verse 8, Psalms 40 and verse 8, you've now discovered the passion of Jesus. Can you help me say the passion of Jesus? Jesus. Psalms 40 and 8. You will find the passion of Jesus, and he says, I delight to do what? Thy will. Now, we ourselves should have that same testimony God, I delight in doing your will. In other words, I get joy, I'm happy, I'm excited when I'm doing God your will, huh? Yes, this is written within my heart. When you, knowing your passion, and that's that heart, Jesus had that passion, that verse 8b is in his heart. I was created to do the will of God. And when we since we have been born again, My brothers and sisters, since we have been born born again, we understand our purpose. Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. And there's a place for the old men. Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 12, verse 14, all of that talks about when you get old what things are going to happen. My, you listen here. Praise God for getting old. huh? Praise God for age. We may not have that. We may not be able to jump and run like we used to when we were younger, but in my heart, I have a passion to do the Lord's will. Huh? Age doesn't slow down your passion. Can y'all write that down? Age does not slow down the passion that you have for God. What happens, God just switches us. He takes us now into a, I think in Titus 2, you'll find age men teach the young men. Likewise, age women teach the young women. So we can't run with the foot soldiers like we used to run. Oh, but in my heart, my God, there's a melody of love, praise be to God. In my heart, the praises unto God, because I'm yet excited, about God today, and I'm older as I was when I was young, because David said, "Praise God! One, I was now I was once young, and now I'm old." But one thing in my transition of time, I've never saw the righteous forsaken, nor its seed beg bread. Can you put a praise on that tonight? Come on and praise the Lord. Tonight, my brothers and sisters, we're talking about knowing the purpose of your life. I thank God for each and every one of you that joined in with us living the word with Pastor Clay. I praise God for you tonight, and and my whole um, objective is to take the words off of the pages and put them in your life. So as we conclude this lesson tonight, I just wanted to conclude conclude with this. Just live it. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord smile upon you. Be blessed of God.